G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the podcast. So we're going to take a second here and jump straight into some Twitter questions. We've got a couple this week uh, and then we'll move on to our risk it for the biscuit picks for, for the round ahead. Uh, first question coming in off Twitter is from Brody and he's wondering, are we witnessing the return of Robbie Gray? Possibly, yeah. That is that is an interesting call uh, because Robbie Gray obviously missed the first round with that suspension from the preseason. He's come straight back in and he's smashed out. I think it was about 119. Yeah, 119. 119. Um, yeah. Wow. It's he was at he got 12 contested possessions. He was at a lot of center bounces as well, especially mm. in the second half. I'm. I think his scoring depends a lot on the role he's playing. It really does. We said that in the preseason quite a bit. But he's cheap for what he can could deliver if he becomes a full-time midfielder or mm. more primarily a midfielder. So if he's playing a 70-30 split in the midfield as opposed to the opposite way around, at 572k, or, or I think he might just be over that at the moment, mm. um, that's really, really cheap. It is, yeah. I think for me personally, I probably want to see at least one, ideally two more weeks before I jump on. Yeah. But it's just what his price does fluctuating in that period. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty One tricky. game's pretty difficult to make a call. Yeah, I'd say that with Robbie Gray, um, I will wait one more week. Um, who do Port play next week, by the way? Do we do we know that one? Um, yeah, when you... Again, no research done for these questions. Uh, but if Port are playing a bit of a bunny team next week, uh, then, you know, maybe there's a chance... Although, this was a really highly contested game away at Sydney as well, and he scored incredibly well. Oh, who's he playing? I saw your eyes light up. Brisbane. Oh, jeez. At, oh. at Adelaide. Oh. At Adelaide. So even if he's playing forward, he might score well. If you are wanting a point of difference forward this week, I have no issue jumping on him a little bit early because I think he's going to smash it out this week against Brisbane. This uh, Port have been the highest scoring team across the first two rounds. They as have. Well. So this could be ugly. Yeah, I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. And are we witnessing the uh, return of Robbie Gray? My answer is yes. I, re- I reckon yes. Mine's yes with little asterisks. Oh, all right. You, yeah, but that's that's your answer to everything. Yes, with an asterisk. <laughs> that's a logical answer to everything. And? All right, we'll, we'll move on to uh, to Peter's question. He's, uh, he's asking, Crouch and Hibbert have to go, so who's the best replacement combination? Uh, either Canelio and Ryan or Kelly and Sicily. Well, I mean, Kelly and Sicily's right out. I have the odd feeling that Peter asked this uh, yesterday, just before the Sicily he did, yeah. um, uh, ruling came out. He did, yeah. But it, this sounds very similar to me because I'm crouching here, but this is who I'm going to move out this week oh, at good. this stage. Oh, there we go. And so, Cornelio is the guy that I'm thinking of bringing in for Crouch. All right, Peter, yeah. So that's um, um, that's good. So Matt's already agreed with the Cornelio one. Yeah, so Ryan I don't hate, um, particularly if we're assuming that you have no additional money to spend. Because mm-hmm. um, so, obviously if you have a little bit of extra cash, you, you should always go up to someone. Uh, I mean, I would even be probably sticking with someone like Savage or uh, maybe going up straight up to a premium. Yeah, so I've off. got the cash, so I'm going to go up to probably Simpson or Lloyd. Nice. If you don't have that cash, though, um, where you're looking at... Who was he asking about? Ryan. Mm-hmm. Angus Brayshaw is one again. We've talked about that already. You can, yeah. He's brought into the team you this week. Him. Or, as I quickly did the sums before, if you're moving on Crouch and Hibbert and you're bringing in Cornelio, you will have mm-hmm. enough money to get... I lost my spot. 
Um, oh, you actually did research for this? Yeah, like one minute's worth. Oh, That's well. why I'm struggling to find my numbers. <laughs> um, so you could go Ahern, who we spoke about earlier. You could go Crisp, who we probably wouldn't recommend. Mm. Savage is there as an option. Yeah. Would you go Savage over Ryan? I would, yeah. I think Savage is safer. Yeah. I think Ryan might have a higher ceiling. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I probably agree with that, but I think uh, Ryan will fluctuate more than Savage will. I agree. So I think Savage is probably a safer bet. Yeah, so if you want safe, I'd go Savage. Yeah. I agree with that. If you risk it a little bit, yeah. you could go Ryan. I don't dislike the idea of Ryan. Uh, of all of the options that I've heard, uh, my favourite is still Angus Brayshaw if he's brought into the side yeah. because he's still that underpriced uh, uh, I mean, he could really go at an average of 90-ish as a defender. Yeah. Um, and come, you know, straight into your team, make you some cash. Or the guy that you spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. um, way back at the beginning of the podcast, if you've yep. got an extra 10K or something in the bank, you could go Jeremy Howe. Oh, yeah, I'd like that one as well, actually. I do like Jeremy Howe this year. So, But um, in answer to your question, uh, Peter, of the two, Ryan, 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 I like it all the way. No issue with that. Um, we, oh, for God's sakes, how is the... I, <laughs> is this the dating advice? Yeah, it's the dating advice. What do they want to know this All right, week? all right, all right. Um, Dating advice, what's harder to decide? What trades to make this week or where to take your girlfriend or where your girlfriend wants to go for dinner? Okay. Oh, definitely trades is harder. The girlfriend, you just keep offering suggestions until she agrees to one. Yeah, eventually, they, <laughs> eventually they'll cave in. If you come in with enough options, um, I, I can no, honestly... No, eventually they'll realize that they already know where they want to eat and they'll yeah. agree with the option you put forward. That is where they want to eat. There we go. You just have to keep offering them. I have. <laughs> until you get one of them. I spend way too much time during the week thinking about my trades as well. I've spent hours at work just sitting there and staring at a computer screen thinking about my trades being completely unproductive. So Welcome to the professional life, my friend. Thank you. So, it's, um, yeah, I, I think I definitely spend way more time thinking about the trades. Yeah, uh, me too. We'll move on to... Nick's actually got a couple of questions for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... Well, what would you be your reaction to dropping a draft matchup by 90 points when your opponent had both Kurnow, Lynch, and Hogan, also when you owned Crouch? So he's basically saying, if you owned Matt Crouch and your opponent had Kurnow, Lynch, and Hogan this week, but only beat you by 90 points... Is that meant to be both Kurnows? Uh, no, he's just got the one Kurnow. Okay. Uh, well, well, regardless, you were never meant to win, so regard- don't stress Well, it. just to fill listeners in on this, this is uh, <laughs> uh, we played each other in a draft league this this week. Oh, and is this your matchup? This is our matchup, and oh. he's, he's rubbing it in a little bit. So he's beaten me by 90 points when he had those smashing scores from like 160, 130, 140, um, and I've had a 23 from Matt Crouch or whatever, and he still only beat me by 90 points. So really, you should be rubbing it in. So, so basically, Nick, your team is terrible. You only just meet me with nine. <laughs> you had the best week you're going to have all season, <laughs> and you only just won. And, uh, and yeah, I had a 23-pointer from an injured guy, and, yeah, you only just got ahead of me. So we'll see yeah. how the rest of the season goes, buddy. <laughs> it's, this is what draft is all about, though. This is where half the fun comes on. You've got to throw a few jabs. Um, in a uh, another question, he's uh, asking, my Keeper League team has a lot of very young players with a lot of talent. Some might say too much talent. No one says that. But uh, would you be trading some younger guys away, even if it's not your window to be uh, more competitive, or would you stick with the rebuild? Um, So what he's asking there is, in Keeper Leagues, you quite often, just like the real um, AFL League, uh, you'll have a premiership window where there's a lot of, you know, uh, young, like middle-aged sort of players who are at the top of their fantasy game coming through, 
um, and, and scoring really well for your team. You don't have a lot of super young guys in your team because that's classed, again, as a rebuild. Um, I know that Nick does have a lot of very, very young guys in his team, and he's wondering I if you would trade has too much talent, though. No, I just look no, at his team. There's not that many. No, nobody would say too much talent. Um, but in answer to your question, no, I would stick with the rebuild because you do have to go through a few years of pain in keeper leagues before you can get to that glory. Yeah, look, I agree. I'd probably stick with the rebuild at this point in the year. When it gets further into the year, then you... Mm, if you do want to offload some of them because you don't think you're going to have enough keeper spots to keep all of them at the end of the year, mm-hmm. you do it towards the tail end of the year because yeah. you're going to get better value for them then. Yeah, 100%. You're not going to get the value right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, the, the other thing is that, uh, you know, you've picked up these young guys for a reason. You see something in them, and sometimes you have to give them a couple of years before they can really come on. Yeah. Um, and, sorry, and I'll clarify my... I'll put a... Clarify, Clarify my quote from before. You don't wait till the very end of the season because then everyone else is thinking about who they're dropping and keeping as well. Of course. So you do it partway through the season when people are gone, this year's not mine, I may as well grab some young guys, but before yeah. they start worrying about which of them they're actually going to keep. I love it. That's that's a great way to go about it. Um, we've got another question from Ryan. He's asking, do you think Rockcliffe can find his Brisbane form again? Um, no. No, that's a big no from me because Rockcliffe's Brisbane form was stupid. Like, stupidly yeah. good. I mean, what, what did he average that one year? 123, 125? Yeah, ridiculous. If that's the average you're talking about, no. I don't think he's ever going to get back up to that because I think that he's just got too many other uh, good players around him that are going to take up too much of the ball. Well, I mean, we're seeing at the moment he's playing predominantly forward. Mm-hmm. I think that that can change. He can force his way into the port midfield yep. and get more minutes there as he builds up his match fitness and learns the structures and all of that fun AFL professional stuff. Yep. I don't think... He's not going to be the top dog in there, though. He's not going to average that 120-odd. Yeah. I think he can build up to a a legitimate starting midfield um, fantasy prospect again, but not where he was Mm -hmm. in his heights at Brisbane. Yeah. Definitely not this year, at least. Maybe next year, you never know what's going to happen, but their team this year... Can't see it happening. Yeah, I can't see it happening either. To be honest, I can't even see it happening next year. So that uh, if you're you're asking again, if you could go at an average of 100 or maybe even 105, yeah, maybe he could do that if he gets the right role. But if you're asking if he can go back to 125 average, I just don't see it happening at all. No. Um, uh, which is why I, even if he had slipped to me in like the third round, Tom Rockliffe, I didn't want to touch him in this year's drafts. So. Uh, it's a little bit unfortunate for those that did draft him very high because they would be kicking themselves at the moment. Um, we've got another question from <laughs> a question from Kieran actually, um, and mm-hmm. he's asking if we have any advice on how to get his season back on track after starting Merritt and then trading him to Matt Crouch. That hurts. That really hurts. That really hurts. You're almost in the same boat because you had Zach Merritt. You traded him out last week, Mm -hmm. but you owned Matt Crouch since the start of the season as well, and and you owned Duncan. So I had all three of them. So I feel your pain. Um, I'm very glad I didn't trade one of them in for Zero. That would have made me cry. That's that's the pain. all, All I can say, I guess, is it's still early in the season. There's always time to bounce back from this yeah. point. You just have to have a bit of luck, make the right decisions mm-hmm. at those key points, and you can bounce back. It's oh. not too late. Like I said at the start of the pod as well, I was literally 38,000th 
ranked after round one. I well, In round two, I was ranked 768, and so that combined to a total I'm around about 10,000 at the moment. So yeah, I think I'm about twelve or 14,000. Yeah, so it can all turn around in one week. You just need to have one good week and, uh, and make sure you hope. I mean, you can't plan for injuries, so... A lot of it is luck, but yeah. make the right decisions for who you're trading for and mm-hmm. hope that luck's with you. Exactly. Well, that's all the questions done for the day. So what I want to do is I want to jump right into Risk It for the Biscuit because, I mean, that's my favourite game. And <laughs> uh, we ran through the rules a little bit for this earlier, but just to run through them one more time, uh, it's it, the aim of this game is to pick that one real point of difference player who'd be sitting on waiver wires in draft leagues for that one-off matchup you've got, you know, whether you're coming up against the Premier from last year, uh, your best mate who you think you have a chance of knocking over, but you've just got an injury or something, and you need that, you know, one you week sort of matchup. You've got a gap in your team. Exactly. This is the guy to do it because we think this week is going to be their week. Um, so the rules that are for it, they have to be under 50% owned in, in, ultimate, footy. in ultimate footy. At the time of recording. Exactly. Uh, and also, We can't reuse them. Exactly. You can't, we can't choose the same ones twice. Until um, it gets to the point where we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and there are no good options left. Because this still has to be kind of useful to the listeners. Oh yeah, we will, we will let you know when that, when that occurs. You'll be able to tell because we'll be picking some really dumb choices. The desperation in our shaky voices will just give it away. Um, so we'll jump right into it, and uh, obviously last week I've got two points, you've got one point. So yep. I went first last week, and I may have stolen one of your players, so I think I'll give you the right to go first this week. And as it turns out, um, he was a poor choice anyway, so I don't oh, hold it against him. It was Aaron Young, it was, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, so my first choice this week, and I feel slightly sick putting this name forward, but okay, he is a forward. Oh no. He's 37% owned. He's oh, no. 28% started as of last week. Don't tell me. Do you want to guess? Is it Jake Stringer? You should know me better than that. Oh, good. I'm okay. off the Stringer coaster forever. Okay. 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 No. That's all right. That's all right. It's Jack Darling. Oh, so it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's just bad. not quite as bad. It's bad. But he's scored 81 and 101 so far, mm-hmm. being the main man in um, Kennedy's absence. He really has looked good, actually, up forward. He's back at Optus in round three. Mm-hmm. He's versing Geelong. Now, as we discussed earlier, the issue is whether there'll be enough midfield wins by the Eagles to mm-hmm. actually get it into the forward line. But when they do, Geelong's back line is very light on for key defenders at the moment. It is. It's actually, just in general, they have a very young back line. Mm-hmm. So if he's dominant, he does have a good opportunity to take quite a few clunks and kicks and goals. So I'm going to back in... Uh, Jack Darling and hope that the Eagles midfield fires. Yeah, I, I have no issue doing that. Um, like so, obviously the midfield's an issue, but if the ball does get up there, I back him. He's going to be the target. Yeah, I back him in every contest basically to win that contest because uh, he is a good uh, contested mark. Even if he does take one hundred percent of those marks on his chest when he should, I don't think he knows how to mark it out. In front <laughs> it's of him. really strange to watch him play. Um, but the other thing is, if it does get stuck too much in the Geelong forward line, so the West Coast back line, mm. he'll be that lead-up player as he well. link it up, yeah. So he will get some points that way. So, yeah, I think that's a good choice, to be honest, mate. Cool. Um, yeah, Over to you. Good one. All right, so I have gone with a defender, because I think we went with all forwards we last week. We had four forwards last week, yeah. So we're up to five forwards now, including uh, Jack Darling. So. My next one is a defender, oh, but I wanted to balance it out a little bit. Well, I've got a defender. He is uh, 40% owned, and he's actually from the uh, the underage Geelong or <laughs> Geelong defence oh, that really? we were just talking about. Uh, I've gone with Tom Stewart. Oh, yeah. 40% ownership. Um, uh, defender, he's actually playing a little bit of a link-up role at the moment. It almost looks like he's moved sort of into that Mackie role. Yeah. 
because, uh, you know, obviously now that he's moved on, mm. they've lost a lot of experience. Tom Stewart is a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and he's actually got a pretty good kick on him as well. Yeah, so last week he's coming off a 96. Uh, he had 66 the week before, so solid without being particularly good. Mm. Um, you know, obviously these were uh, deep guys in a draft league. So yeah, very deep. If you're getting anything over 70, so 75 for a defender, you're pretty happy with yeah. that as your last oh, pick. definitely, yeah. Um, but if I think that against the Eagles as well, he will definitely be that link-up guy. I think there'll be a lot of free, uncontested footy for Geelong in their back half, mm-hmm. and I think that he could really reap the rewards this week, and maybe even going ahead, actually. You know, if he's playing that Mackie role, he could be a really, really good yeah. last defender. I agree. I think team. whoever ends up getting the Mackie role is... I mean, Mackie's always been a decent, deep draft guy. He, everyone forgot about him in drafts, and someone would pick him up quite late and be very, very quietly happy with him. Yeah, but whoever gets that Matthew role, I think, will do quite well. The guy I was kind of expecting and half hoping would get it was Jake Collar-Jasney. Oh, but yeah. He, he looks like he's getting more of a lockdown role, not he, the he rebound does, role. Yeah. So, yeah, if Stewart gets it, then I definitely don't hate this one. The only question is whether he is actually that guy. Yeah, I'm not sure. It looked like he was in this game, but, again, it's hard to tell. Small sample size, but I do think that this week is going to be a good week for Tom Stewart. So, cool. putting all my chips on that. And you've got your second pick coming up. All right. So, as I said, this is a defender. Right. 17% owned, 11% started. This is my uh, loosey-goosey pick for the week. Oh, God. <laughs> Tom Jonas from Port. Oh, oh. Okay, I'm uh, a... So round one, he scored 74 versus Frio. Yep. Round two, he scored 96 versus Sydney. 74 and 96. Round three, he plays Brisbane. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Mm. Not going to be in their back line much, though. But he will be just... Brisbane actually has been winning the ball a little bit. Yeah. They just can't transition it well. Has been cat, like... He does seem to camp himself on half-back, though, as well, even when the yeah. ball's in and with Port's forward line. Clurie and Dougal Howard doing the lockdown roles. So he's playing that sort of roaming third intercept role yeah. a little bit, So yeah. from what I can see anyway. Mm. So, we well, took 11 marks last week. Yeah. Highest so, for the game. And then in Brisbane, uh, not what am I saying, round one against St Kilda, mm-hmm. uh, remember Robertson, Geary, and Savage all went 90-plus. They did, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so that was against Brisbane in round one with St Kilda. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to back in Tom Jonas and uh, hope that he... You know what? I, I actually the, like uh, that pick. I, I yeah. do like that pick. Um, I, when As soon as you said it, I was really confused. And, yeah. no, it actually... I was really pick. surprised he was actually as high in the waivers as he was this week oh, when yeah. I was looking through seeing who was around. So I thought I'd look into it a little bit more and no. just... He's a great Very pick. surprised by yeah. his scores. Uh, for those of you who don't know why I was so disgusted by the thought of you picking Stringer as well, we have a long and sordid <laughs> history with Stringer. But the thing is, I kind of thought you were going to go with him because Essendon are playing the Bulldogs this week. It could be the one week he gets off the chain. Nah. But it's it's not even like a chain that other opposition teams have set up. It's his own chain. He's, yeah, it's he, like a chain connecting like his leg to his other leg or something. He's, oh, it's so awkward watching him play because he could just be so incredible. Like he wasn't that all Australian year, but he's not. So <laughs> he's just not. <laughs> well, we'll move on from there uh, because yeah, uh, I've bit. got my second risk. It. Uh, this is another forward. So. Uh, we, we actually tend to stick away from midfielders sometimes. because It's difficult to actually pick a good one for really, this segment. It really is. And in a lot of drafts, people go pretty heavy early on uh, on midfielders. So you normally fill that up pretty well. Um, so the forward I want is 26% owned. Uh, plays for Carlton. Uh, young lad by the name of Zach Fisher. 
And we uh, actually we actually have pretty big raps on this kid. Like I, I quite like Zach Fisher. Um, yes, he was my third option for tonight. Was he? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so he's coming off scores of seventy two and eighty three. I always like that progression, mm. um, especially with these younger players. But the biggest thing for me is he's playing Collingwood this week. Yes. And Collingwood, it doesn't matter whether they play well, whether they play bad, they just give up fantasy scores to opposition teams. And it is, it, and they score well themselves. We've said it so many times. If you're looking for one game week, game to watch that's not your actual team for the weekend mm. and you're a fantasy fan, make sure it's a Collingwood game because you're going to see some big numbers. Yep. Um, so now the fact that he's playing uh, Collingwood, uh, Colton themselves are actually a very fantasy-friendly side too. Yeah, probably not as much as we were expecting pre-season, but they are trending reasonably well. Yeah, uh, I think that Zach Fisher could score somewhere around about the 90 this week. Oh, yeah. I, I think somewhere around about that. We never like to put solid numbers on these. I definitely don't. I think 90 is a little high, but uh, I, I think, think he'll do well. I think that he'll get about 90 this week. Okay. And if you're getting that from a forward... Uh, in the deep draft league, you're incredibly happy with that. So I'm putting my chips on Zach Fisher this round. Love it. I I told you before we went on air that the risk it that I liked the most was the one I wasn't using. And it was Zach Fisher. And that's Zach Fisher. I'm so happy with that then. (laughs) No, uh, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. I really like what I've seen from him this season. He's a a good young player. If he's available in keeper leagues, I I would jump on on as as long as you've got a really, really... If you can afford to hold him. Exactly. He's so, a developmental player. Like Nick, who apparently has too much talent. <laughs> Nick, you should jump on him. You clearly should, mate. <laughs> he fits your age demographic perfectly. It re- really does. And you could maybe trade him midway through the season for even more talent. <laughs> I think that's the uh, the podcast for this week, guys. Thanks so much again for joining us. Um, if you're using iTunes, make sure to jump on and give us a rating, give us a review, and push us up those rankings. Uh, but hopefully this week your uh, your players do well. And we have a bit of a better run with injury, so we don't have to talk about so many of those Fingers this week. Crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. So until next week, Matt, I'll see you then, and we'll see all of you next Monday. Catch you.